Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. It's the truth. So, people, I have a couple of books I want to talk to you about before we get underway, both that I wrote during COVID, and I spoke about them on Friday night at length, but I'm not going to do that this morning. I just want to mention them. I will be uh, signing the book disciple out in the foyer after, although quite a few of them have already gone. That book, Disciple, is a book about, oh, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, a book about what we are called to be and, and how we're called to live, which is really upside down to the rest of the world. The world says, oh, hate back those who hate you. I mean, that's how Twitter stays alive. And, uh, and Facebook keeps on, you know, keeping up with, I mean, Facebook, sorry, and with all those, you know, that hatefulness. In fact, apparently, the greatest amount of conflict on Facebook in percentages and ratios is between Christians. That's pretty nasty, isn't it? And uh, nobody hates like a good Christian. You know, it's uh, amazing. And, and, and they feel justified because it's a position. You know, it's a moral position or something. Just we hate all these people, but people are beautiful. And uh, we got to love them and uh, lay down our lives for them. Jesus did that. And so anyway, that, that book's about going the second mile, uh, all the kind of ways of life that are actually going to make you extremely successful and help you navigate any circumstance you face in life by being a disciple and a follower of Jesus. The thing that I really got bothered about was during COVID, how many Christians dropped out of church. And, uh, and, and I, I, I thought, wow, when the rhythm of church life is disrupted, people just drop out of being a Christian. And I thought, I, I don't want to create churchians. I don't want to be preaching churchianity. I want to be preaching Christianity and, and calling people to discipleship, to lay down their life, take up their cross and follow Jesus. Rather than expecting God to just keep on blessing, blessing, blessing them, it's time that we bless God. Instead of God doing something for me, it's time I did something for Him. And, uh, and so, you know, I just wanted to move us on from having God like Father Christmas and, and actually more like a Lord in our lives. And so that book's out there. The other book is Do It Now, which, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. Solomon said, look, uh, uh, he who observes the clouds will not sow. He observes the wind will not sow. He observes the clouds will not reap. But uh, Philip's translation tidies that up for us and said, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. And, and that's pretty much what that scripture is saying. And so do it now. Why are you waiting? And I found through COVID, a lot of people just waiting around till this is over, until I get perfect conditions. But nothing's ever going to be perfect. Jesus said to Peter, come on, walk on the water. He didn't say, oh, oh no, 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 it's too windy. It's a lot easier to walk on water when things are calm. The, the, the circumstance wasn't perfect. To invade Canaan was not perfect. The, the, there's, it's always inconvenient. God is very inconvenient. I don't know if you've noticed that about him. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't ask you to do things when it's really easy. He just asks you to do things when it's really difficult. And couldn't you have asked me yesterday to do this, God? I was, I was in a good attitude then. I was in a good mood. But, you know. 
whatever. And so do it now is a maxim I live by in my head. And it's helped me in a lot of circumstances. And I just want to get Christians out of procrastination, out of inertia, and, and get some momentum happening in our lives. But I'm really excited about what I'm sharing with you here today. Because this is called the great return. And, and just before I get underway, I want to declare over you this morning that you are going to have a recovery of all the things that you lost through COVID. You're going to be restored. You're going to have recovery, revival, and everything that was gone and been taken from you is not just coming back as it was. You're going to be rewarded seven times more than what the devil took off you. I declare restoration, recovery, and revival over C3 Calgary, over C3 Central, over C3 in Canada, in Jesus' Name. And if anybody else doesn't want it, we'll take theirs as well, in the Name of Jesus. I want blessing on you people. That time, that season is gone. It's over. No more moaning, complaining, whining going on. God is looking for joyful people. People. He likes happy people. I like happy people. I don't like hanging out with moaners and groaners and whiners. Right? It's just painful. It's like it's like you, you stand there, they're like vampires sucking the life out of you. And you just feel yourself draining, listening to their complaining and their whining going on. The whole world is like whining, whining, whining. There's a scripture in Isaiah where Isaiah says, God meets with him who rejoices. You want to meet with God? Smile. It turns up. You know, like how, how many of you have children? Yeah, a lot of you. Wow. Something in the water in Calgary. So, so you know, I, I have got three kids. They were all magnificent, absolutely magnificent. Then they got born and things changed. Right? But the, these kids, they're beautiful. Goo, 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 ga, ga, until they turn two. And then they get that nasal twang. Right? I don't want to get in the bed. I don't want to eat broccoli. I don't You get that whining thing. You're in the supermarket, right? And they're pulling on your dress. And they go, I don't know. They've got fluid going out, all that holes in their head. And they go, I don't Just for the record, I don't have a dress. But I'm just letting you know I'm imitating you as a mum down at the supermarket. So, but guys, guys, you are our. Bertian, Bertians, Albertians, Albertans. Sorry, you're Canadians. You go to C3 Calgary. You're intelligent. You know what to do about this problem. You have another one, and now you got two of these. You got two of these things whining in the back seat of the car. You put them in one seat, the other in the other seat. Don't look out my window. That's my window. <laughs> Pull your hand. Yeah, yeah, punching you. Yeah, and they're punching and kidding each other. You think, golly, what do we do? Well, you're intelligent. You know what to do. You have another one. <laughs> and now you've got three of these whiny little things in the back of your seat, seat of your car. And then the new little fresh one is sitting there like just a little cuddly cabbage patch doll. And you, you go through McDonald's. What were you thinking? 
You come out of the drive-thru and there's fries in the ears of the new one. Milkshake on its head. They're all screaming. They're just whining. God in the front seat. Seven billion whining people in the back seat. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to bomb you. I'm going to hate you on Twitter. I hate you on Facebook. And I'm just whining, whining, whining. No wonder God says, I will meet with him who rejoices. I will hang out with a happy person. If I could just find one, I will go and meet with them because I'm sick to the back teeth of these whining people all over planet Earth. Don't think happy Christianity is shallow. And if you are too deep to be a happy Christian, shallow up a little. Way better to be a happy person because joy's like a medicine. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're miserable, you're weak. Joyful, you're strong. Proverbs 17, 22, laughter's like a medicine. Instead of reaching for your supplements, reach for some laughter. Try it out. I think I said it on Friday night. If you're not really given to laughter, get it going. You got a laugh inside of you? You haven't found it for a while? Just get one going. Go, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. And you, you pop one. Oh, there was a real one. <laughs> if you're doing it on your own, don't let other people see you. It looks a little crazy. But following Jesus should be fun. God has a tremendous sense of humour. From where I'm standing, it's very obvious. Amen. God has this great... I think, I think laughter's divine. I think laughter's divine because you don't see, you don't see giraffes all sitting around telling jokes and then laughing. <laughs> like, they don't laugh. We're the only ones who do. And we're made in the image. So God, I'm sure he tells jokes. I'm sure Jesus and the guys all told jokes, you know, about the Samaritans and about, because it wasn't so PC then. And They'd have a lot of fun. Did you hear the one about? Anyway, that's, that's Jesus. He's smiling, laughing, and, and, and a lot of fun to hang out with. And I, I don't know a man of God in the world who's a great man of God who doesn't have an incredible sense of humour. Always seeing the funny side and the upside. It's, and you meet anybody who's a dark, down person. They're just cynical, miserable, all that kind of stuff. But back to the message. Now that I've gotten over that introduction, Psalm 126, verse 1. Psalm 126, beautiful psalm. Short one, so it doesn't... It's kind of painless to read for your morning devotions and you'll love it. Just pick it up and read it again after you. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done crazy things for them. The Lord has done crazy things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually 
goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Okay, so let's, this is just an amazing psalm. Giving, giving you a little bit of background on two points. Number one, God's nature is to restore. It's just His nature. If you lost something, He wants you to get it back. If you're lost, He wants to get you back. If, if something got broken, He wants to fix it. If something's sick, He wants to heal it. If something broke down, He wants to, to mend it and make it work again. So that's His nature. And all through Scripture, you will see story after story of God restoring. When the Lord restored our fortunes, you read Job. He lost everything in his life for nine months. Lost his business. He's like Warren Buffett sitting on a San Francisco street like a homeless person. All the onlookers jeering at him and kicking him. And, and he was sick and pussy sores all over him. He lost all his children, lost his business, lost all the animals, lost his servants, lost his, everything was gone. All the billions that Warren had gone or Elon, you know, they just, now they're homeless. Rejected. All the people that they'd helped uh, have turned against them. It's a, it's a bad day. Job's is having a bad day. But he got through his trial. God doesn't take you into a trial to destroy you. He takes you through a trial to build you and make you. It may not seem like it at the time, but his end result aim is greater blessing on your life. And He would not give you the trial if He did not know you can cope with it. I know you think, oh God, I can't cope with this anymore. If I you just, I'm going to backslide. He says, no, you won't. I've read your heart. I know where you're at. You can cope with this. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Congratulations. You got great capacity. And you get through it. And you're a bigger person stronger person. You're going to get through whatever you face because the trial, and you'll learn all sorts of things in the trial, way more than you'll learn with, with just success. If you have success, you learn nothing. But let me tell you this, one of the greatest things that comes out of a trial is resilience or capacity. Because some of you have got a, a destiny that's like a, a three-trailer Mack truck. One of those big, you know, long trucks. But at present, you've got a little Volkswagen motor. And you're just going to blow up trying to pull that destiny along. And you've got this big dream. And so you go through a big, big trial and, you're, and, it's, and it's always out of whack with your current level of responsibility. You're going like, I'm not this important God. Why am I going through this huge difficulty? He said, I'm expanding your capacity. You're a little, little 1K motor right now. I need to turn you into a 10K motor. I need to get you up to, to, to like thousands horsepower motor that you can pull that thing along. And so when a trial comes in through the front door, you keep it together. When pressure comes from the back, you're okay. Comes from above, underneath, this side, that side. I mean, I... I run a lot of churches and have a lot of other things going on in my world. It's not uncommon for me to have like three, four, five problems right now. Every time I'm standing up to preach. Every time I'm doing things. But you've got to have some kind of capacity to keep functioning with a clear head, great attitude, 
good spirit, even though you got all these pressures going on. And there's no way you can say, well, yeah, I've got a bad attitude today. If you knew, if you were going through what I'm going through, you too would be just like this. You cannot excuse a bad attitude and bad behaviour by pressure all the time that just reveals low capacity. And so as we go through trials, our capacity, capacity is another way of saying what you can cope with. And you're saying, God, I want this and I want that. And he said, really? Can you cope with Miranda gets criticised? She's smiling. She's got great capacity. I know people who get criticised. One little girl, <laughs> and their resilience is so low. And sometimes we've been educated, gone through all kinds of things where everybody wins. What's that about? Everybody doesn't win. You've got to learn how to lose. You've got to learn how to fail because you're going to. Real positive preacher this morning, he told me I'm going to fail. Stay with me. You will fail. You will lose a game. In fact, I would say I've lost more games and failed more times than I've had wins and successes. Check out the journey of, of, of Abraham Lincoln. How many times he failed and was defeated before he became your president? Check out Winston Churchill. How many times he failed and had to get up again? If you've been getting trophies for participation, when you go out and you're a real estate agent and you're trying to sell a piece of real estate and another agent from another company gazumps you and boom, gets the sale through, and you come back to the, the office, your boss is not going to say, oh, here's a trophy for participating. So where's the deal? I didn't get it. That's the third deal you lost, man. I don't know if you're job secure here anymore. You got to be able to get up again and say, I'm going to make it. It's going to happen. There are going to be, there are going to be setbacks in your life all the time, but it's the making of you. And Job came out of that a bigger person. Twice as blessed. How about Elimelech? You ever heard of him? He's... Naomi's husband. And the book is about Naomi, but it's called Ruth, which is kind of weird. But anyway, Naomi is married to Elimelech. His name translated from Hebrew means idiot. Actually, it doesn't. But anyway, we'll, he was an idiot. So they leave Bethlehem, Judah. Idiot Elimelech says, things are tough in Bethlehem, Judah. There's a, there's a famine here. It's, it's a little rough on us. Let's go down to Moab. Bethlehem Judah means house of bread and praise. It's the church. Things get tough in the church every now and then. I don't know if you've had a tough time in the church yet, but stick around. It's coming. You got to get through it. If you just bounce off to some other place, you're going to meet the same deal. What, are you going to bounce off all the time? Or just never face the issues of not taking offence, of being able to forgive people and let it go and move on. These, these are character qualities God wants to try and form in us. But if we keep bouncing out of, so Elimelech bounced out of Bethlehem Judah, took his whole family with him. Ridiculous. Men, we're meant to be leading them into the church. Not that way. Don't be leaving it to her either. 
Oh, yeah, my wife takes my kids down to church. Yeah, I, I, I go down there sometimes, about Christmas and Easter. You know. Hey, kids, get in the car. We're all off to church today. Let's get ready half an hour early so we don't disappoint the pastor by walking in late. Amen. Ooh, he's touching on so many things here. He's hurting me. I'm treading on your toes. Keep your feet out. There's more coming. Amen. Okay. So, so Elimelech goes down there and they got two boys, Chilion and Marlon. Okay. One name means sick. The other means miserable, pining, depressed. Why you would name your children sick and depressed, I don't know. Bad days, obviously. But anyway, they're both down there and the boys marry local girls, Moabite girls. One of them's Ruth, the other's Orpah. So they get married and, and things are going okay, but then Elimelech drops dead, just dies. Well, that wasn't a wonderful day for Naomi. Now she's just there with her two boys and their wives. But then the next thing, Charlon and Million, <laughs> Marlon and Chilion. With names like that, what do you expect? They just drop dead too, boom. <laughs> Moab's the land of She said, I'm sick of this. I'm getting back to the house. I'm getting back to church. I'm getting back. So she made the decision to restore her life in the rhythms of discipleship and church life. God started to restore all that she had lost. Ruth said, I'm coming with you. I've seen you travel through the worst of pain with such dignity. I'm going to come with you. I want your God to be my God. So she comes back into Bethlehem, Judah, within a day of arriving there. Boaz, the richest cat in town, he sees this, whoa, what a girl. She's dropped dead. So I, he says, I'm going to marry her. He marries her. Everything, everything Naomi had lost, she got back in triple. She got her land back. She got all the blessings back. She, her daughter in law was now married to the richest guy in town. So she shared in the family blessing. God restored everything to her. Prodigal son, he's been away from his father. He makes his journey home. As soon as you take one step home, God's running, running to you. Just as you make the one, he knew that if he got back to the house, that's where he'd find the father. He didn't say, oh, I'll go out in the forest and find my father. I'll go out in the lakes and the oceans and the mountains. He's just out there. No, he was at his house. I'm going back to the house because I know that's where my dad is. That's where the family is. That's where the party is. That's where we can get together again. So he made his way back. And here comes dad running down, down the, the, with a guilty mind. You always imagine the worst is going to happen. So the kid's going, oh God, no. Here comes dad, you know, turban flying. Beard like a Harley Davidson motorcycle rider, you know, splitting out in the river, flowing. Here comes dad. It just turned into slow motion. He, he was thinking, he's going to pull out a shotgun. <laughs> Get off my land, you rotten kid. He's expecting judgment. But the father's arms wide open because God is a restorer, He's not a rejecter. He is not a judger of you in this life. He's reserved judgment for one day, the day of judgment. Now we're in a season of grace. You can take full advantage of it. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Okay, so that's the restoration nature of God. 
I'm still on the introduction, people, so it could be a long day in church. But you're okay with this, right? Is this helping you? See God a little differently and, 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 and just enjoy Scripture. Okay, so the second part of this introduction, and we'll get pretty quickly through the Scriptures because most of this is describing what's going on inside the Scripture. Understand this, and I really want to cover this. It's a little complicated, but I know intelligent people like you here in Calgary, C3 Calgary. I mean, we only have intelligent people in church. Amen. So you're going to be able to get, to get this. I just, but I'm going to do it fairly quickly, quickly. And that's a cross between rapidly and quick. Amen. So here it is. <clears throat> They're coming back from Babylon where they've been for 70 years. Nebuchadnezzar sacked Jerusalem and then deported children, families, and the wealth of the temple and the city down to Babylon. Okay, they're way down, thousands of miles away, 2,000 miles away, down in Babylon where the way, long way from Jerusalem and a prophet called Jeremiah, at the time Nebuchadnezzar was coming to attack them, told them, surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. This is the judgment of God. You're going to be down in Babylon for 70 years. He told them, 70 years. The prophet said that. So, the people hated that idea. They said, no, we're, this is our home. We're going to stay here. Throw them down a well. Kill that prophet. We don't want to hear bad news. They tried to, but God looked after him. But eventually, Nebuchadnezzar did take the city and the people did go down to Babylon. God said, I'll give you houses and vineyards and fig trees. You'll love it down there. Even in judgment, I'll show you my love. But you've been very naughty far too many times. And I've kept trying to get it right, get it right, get it right, but the, you just won't get it right. So I'm gonna kick you out of your own land for 70 years. Now down there for 70 years. Now Daniel is reading, well, Daniel is one of the guys that got, got deported. He's one of these little kids at eight to 10 years old who got deported all the way down to Babylon. He lost his name. They called him Belteshazzar. And, and he lost his family. He lost his land. He could have got a really crinkly attitude about how I'm a victim. I've, I've been abused. I've been, my identity's been stolen. I don't know who I am. But he didn't. He had an excellent spirit, the Bible says. And your attitude would always determine your altitude. So he just kept the great honoring, humble, teachable, serving spirit. And he rose through the ranks and became the counselor, the wise counselor to four kings. Over that 70 years, Nebuchadnezzar got overrun by another king. Uh, that was Belshazzar, then Darius, and now it was Cyrus. But they all kept Daniel as the chief advisor, their chief counsel, because he was such a wise guy. So he's been there for 70 years in Babylon, 69 to tell you the truth, when he discovers this prophecy. He's, in his morning devotions, he's reading through Jeremiah the prophet and he sees 70 years. He looks at his calendar, goes, whoa, this is year 69. The prophecy is about to come to pass. Then he's reading another prophet of 156 years before, which is Isaiah. It's a bit complicated, I know, but you're with me, aren't you? Isaiah 
says, Cyrus will send my people back to rebuild my temple. Now, this is kind of crazy. Because at the time Isaiah says that, everybody's in Jerusalem and the temple is intact. What are you talking about? That the people are going to get sent back. We're already here. God knows way out in the future what, you, what you're going to need. What's going to happen. I mean, before you've got the problem, He's already set up the answer. You know, there's a little fish. A long time ago, this is just a side note. Little fish, but it was voracious in its appetite. Ate everything. After a while, it grew and grew and grew. Couldn't fit in the cot that its parents had bought it. Grew, 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 grew. Couldn't go get on the school bus. It was just way too, we couldn't even sit in a chair at school. It was like huge. And all the other kids hated this, this, this fish. Because it would eat everything. and just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, they kicked the fish out of town. They said, you're eating everything in, in town. Off you go. So he goes off down to a place called Tarshish. Takes him about 100 years to grow this big. Down at Tarshish, he's just swimming around one day. And he sees this figure getting thrown off a boat. He just goes up, eats it, because he eats everything. It's Jonah's whale, baby. God was growing a whale for like years before Jonah ever had a problem. He was getting the answer ready. He's got answers ready for your problems that you don't even know you got yet. God is loving you. He's, it's, the Bible says, I go before you, which is awesome. He also says, I'll go behind you. I'm covered both directions, people. My past is going to kill me. And my future is going to take me over. So here, here they are. He's reading this and he says, look, I want to show you an, a prophecy by Isaiah. And it says, hello, Cyrus, I've given you all the nations of earth. And he says, yeah, well, I've beaten everybody. He says, yeah, so you're now going to send my people back. He says, oh, is an act of thanksgiving to Yahweh, I will send the people back. This is, he, he, I mean, he just sees his name in a prophecy. This is crazy. And that's why they said the Lord has done crazy things for us. He has already arranged for a king to be in power and he, and he knows his name. And he says, Cyrus is going to send us back to rebuild the temple. So he does. 40,000 of them go back under Ezra and Nehemiah on this long journey. Now, the reason I tell you all of that is because it's crazy how it all happened. But as soon as they turn around and they start going, they write songs. And they say, when the Lord brought back the captivity, we were like those who dream. Our mouths were filled with laughter and singing. And they would sing these Psalms of Ascents on the way back to Jerusalem. There's a whole bunch of them there. If you see a Psalm of Ascents, it's one of the Psalms they sang on the way back to Jerusalem. Because down in Babylon, they couldn't worship. By the rivers of Babylon. Remember that? There we sat down. There we wept. When we remembered Zion. That's a psalm. We hung our harps on the willows. And they said, sing the Lord's song. We said, we can't. We can't. You never underestimate the power of praise. Never underestimate the power of your song. Don't let the devil take your song. If you sing around the house or you used to sing around the house, but you don't sing, something's wrong. There should be some kind of song. And, and even in the shower, go for it there. Just get into it. In your car, go for it. 
When I'm walking around town, I put AirPods in. I'm not talking to anybody, but I don't want to look crazy. So I just, I'm praying and talking and they think I'm on the phone. (laughs) Or I'm singing or whatever. You got to keep your fountain flowing. And so as soon as the Lord turns you around, you'll find a song in your spirit. Then was our mouths filled with laughter. And then we began to dream again. When you're in captivity, you don't dream. When you're in COVID, you just want to survive. You're not thinking about, oh, we're going to have that little tree over there. We're going to do this and this. You just want to say, oh, how am I going to live in this one room with these three people? Survival. Domestic abuse in Australia went up 80% during COVID because the cracks showed when people were confined together. And you're not dreaming, you're surviving. But as soon as they, old Ebenezer's thinking, I'm going to grow that, I'm going to grow that apple tree. Then I'm going to have a a vineyard. And and then I'll I'll create that little olive grove over there and I'll have donkeys and sheep. and, And he's thinking of the house. They start dreaming about the future again. Never underestimate the power of a dream. A song and a dream. When we were contested by our local government for eight years about getting zoning to build a church in our area, three times we applied and got knocked back. In the press, front page, national news at six o'clock because we were a big church, attracted a lot of attention. And 40,000 signatures against us ever building that building uh, where we wanted to build it. Okay, so I would go down on that land, weeds as high as this room. I'm standing in the weeds with broken down tractors, dead horses, an old chicken shed over there. And, and I, 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 I figured where the pulpit would be and I started preaching. And I could see those people, see those people coming down and I'd see them coming down the aisle and I'd shake their hands and welcome them to Christ. And I could see this whole congregation. You got to keep seeing it. Eight years later, we got it. Unanimous decision. Prime Minister opened the building. Unbelievable turnaround. God turns things around. It backfires on the enemy. And here, here when, when you start to dream again, you open up a future and you start to behave today like you're going to be tomorrow. A vision modifies your behaviour. And you can see yourself with that car sales business. You can see yourself being some, some great personality in the world and doing something great for God. See it. Use your imagination. It is more powerful, it is more, more powerful as a creative force in you than anything else because we move in the direction of our dominant thoughts. We move in the direction of our imagination. And that's why the devil tries to put negative imaginations in your head all the time so that you'll move towards them. They will come without any invitation. You need to be You need to take initiative. You need to be intentional to recall the visions of the future. Oh, I pray with all my heart you'll do this. Because I know people get excited about the message, but never actually do it. But go home and do some mental discipline and say, I'm going to think about that. We were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. We talked about laughter and singing. Then said they among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Crazy things, amazing things. But then he says, as the streams of the south flow, so the blessing of God is gonna be. They were referring to the flash flooding that would happen in those streams when the snows would melt 
on Hermon. And they'd come down into the, into the riverbeds, the dry riverbeds. And they were saying the streets of Jerusalem are gonna be filled with people like the streams in the south after the snows melt. Let me tell you this, that applies to you and I here today because in a lot of churches, people have left. But not only are they gonna come back, but hundreds and hundreds more. So the aisles and the seats and the altar calls will be full of people pouring into the house of God as the streams in the south. We're gonna see a teenage revival like we've never seen before. Young teens all over the world that you've given up on some of you. But I'm telling you, they're coming back, even if it's your children. And you're thinking, how are they ever gonna come back? They'll find the way. God is bigger than any circumstance. Isaiah says, the well-being of your children will be great. Isaiah 54, 13. And all your children will be disciples of the Lord. Stand on that promise. Speak it into your atmosphere. And we're gonna see everything that we have sown in this time. Those who go forth with seed, weeping. It's hard to give when times are tough. And we've had a weeping time, but it's over people. I know you're moving into your winter, but I'm telling you, spiritually, this is springtime. This is the day of new beginnings, the day of new fruit, the day when we don't have to think, oh, it's all closing down. We're all going into a cold season. We're going into a, no, I'm telling you, we are moving into one of the most fruitful seasons in C3 ever. How do I know that? Well, I look at my age. You know, at 34, you've got to really think about. You're laughing. You're so cruel. You used to be kind people, amen. You've changed. No, I'm, I resigned my church last year, but I've got to tell you, the prettiest time of any tree, the most wonderful, beautiful time any tree is right now where they're changing color on those leaves, right? Before it falls off, it has its most glorious moments. That's why Lauren and I are celebrating. Amen. Our most glorious moments are on our doorstep. Our most fruitful years are right ahead. We're not fading out. Amen. We're not retiring. We're reviving in Jesus' Name. And I've retired physically from a lot of Positions, no longer chairmen of boards. Woo, I'm free, amen. So many boards I've gotten off. So many things that I'm not doing. And I'm thinking, what an opportunity now for so much fruitfulness. And in every single one of us, there is that same opportunity. And if you've been sowing in tears, you're gonna be coming again with an abundance in your arms into the house of God. I can tell you, this, this house is gonna, be prospered because the people, you, you're going to prosper. Many of you businessmen are going to find your greatest days of prosperity are just ahead of you. Families who have been through rough waters, you're going to find your greatest days of blessing are coming to your family. These are days of restoration. These are days of coming back. These are days of revival. And, and I got to tell you, you know, being restored is, is, is incredible. I got a new iPhone this last week and in the process of trying to transfer the information over one to the other, I lost everything off one phone 
and I was pretty nervous about what was on the other. And it's a, it's a nervy moment, right? If you think, oh God, everything's gone. But then with a few flicks and switches, boom, it was all back. <laughs> oh God, thank you, Jesus. Amen. But I find that whole gadget area pretty fascinating and very like my spiritual life. That unless I've, unless I got a charge, I'm pretty useless, like that phone. If it's down on the red zone, battery anxiety is a very real thing, right? If you own a Tesla, it is. And, and, and you're getting lower and lower and you think, I got, a, I got a charge. So you need a charging culture in your life that everywhere you go, you plug in. But what, what about when you, you get the offer for, to, to upgrade to IL-16 or whatever? Yeah, I mean, update available. Do you want it? Yes, I want it. I mean, do you agree? Yes. Have you read everything? Yes. Yes. And, and so, because, and, and then you read what it's going to do, better performance, bug fixes, and all of us have got some glitches in our life, right? We do things that we didn't, wish we didn't do. I said I wouldn't do that again. I did it. I didn't say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. It just came out. But this is bug fixing. Amen. God can restore you to the original image. And that's the journey that He's got us on, that we are being man, we're being made into the image of Jesus every day of our life. But it begins, it begins by plugging in because that download of an entirely new operating system is not gonna happen until you're plugged in. And it says, do not unplug during the download. Huh? So for some of us here today, We still got the old operating system. God's saying, I got a new one for you. It's called being born again. An entirely new way to live. And all you got to do is connect with God and Jesus Himself comes into your life and everything changes. You get a new beginning, a fresh start. So some of you here might never have said, Jesus, come into my life. I want you in my world. You might never have done that. In a couple of moments, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. Some of you might have been away from God. It's time to come back. I want you to come back today. I want you to say, yeah, that's me. When I ask. There could be some of you who come to church, but you're not sure if you're going to heaven. You hear, you go to church regularly, but you've got no assurance. I want you also to raise your hand when I ask so that you get that assurance, that security. Can I ask everybody to close your eyes right now as we come to a close here in the next two, three minutes and nobody move. Uh, I just wanna ask if that's you, you've never asked Jesus to come and do your life. You've been away from God or you just wanna make sure that you're going to heaven right now, wherever you are, would you put your hand in the air, please? Just raise it high. Thank you, sir. I see your hand up the back. Thank you, I see your hand. Who else is there? Thank you. Three, four, five, six, seven. Amen. Who else is there? Just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to know Jesus in my life. I want to have Christ in my world. 
I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. Thanks, young man. I see your hand. Thank you, young lady. I see your hand. There's about eight, nine people, maybe 10 who have raised their hands. I'm going to wait just another couple seconds before I pray for you. So if there's anybody else, please raise it now. Say, that's me, Phil. Pray for me. I want to make sure. Thanks. Up the back, guys. I see your hand. God bless you. All right. Can I ask you all to just look this way? And uh, look, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to do something a, a little more courageous. I don't do this in every service. I just want to do it today. I want to shake your hand and pray for you. So I'm gonna, when we stand up, those of you who raised your hand, I'd like you to come out of your seat. Just come down the front here and I'm going to pray for you. Not on the stage. I'm going to pray for you down the front. So yeah, welcome these guys as they come. Just come. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.